Hello and welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. For the second time this week, oddly enough. Now, <clears throat> I know what some of you are probably thinking. Bit Magnus, Bit Magnus, you, you released an episode of Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality just yesterday. Why are you releasing another one now? Well, there are... There are reasons for that. Number one, I actually had not a lot, but a, a few little bits of show prep that I wanted to work my way through yesterday. Most of which, yeah, I did it. I, I, I covered that stuff, got it out of my system, and it felt great. But there was one teensy-weensy little item that I wasn't able to get around to. <clears throat> and... The reason for that is because the episode had gone, yesterday's episode um, of uh, Trinus Magnus Jab's reality, the five-year anniversary retrospective spectacular extravaganza plus size annual whatever. Yeah, that episode had gone kind of long to begin with anyway. I was originally figuring, yeah, that's probably going to be about like maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Nope. Needless to say, it ended up being a little bit longer than that. And so didn't have time to work through all of my stuff. So I figured, well, I'll just leave this other little bullet point off and I'll get to, I'll, I'll get to that bullet, that bullet point whenever I get to that bullet point. And that mentally is pretty much where I left stuff. Now, guys, you need to understand sometimes that it sometimes pays to make sure you've done all your homework on something before you start recording, right? This is kind of an ironclad rule of podcasting, I find. Things just work better, I find, if you know what the hell you're doing before you start doing it, right? And you know what? Maybe there's some, like, universal applicability going on there, where, like, this is just kind of an ironclad rule of life, right? Needless to say, though, that is quite foreign to my preferred method of podcasting. Specifically, what I normally do is I just start recording, and if I've got, like, a comic book or a movie or whatever that I'm talking about, I might have a summary of it, you know, typed out and ready to go that I'll just read off of that. But pretty much, I just start recording, and then I just pants my way through an episode, just say the first thing that comes to mind, right? And oddly enough, the response to that has been, I think really positive so positive in fact that I have no plans to ever change my approach although it does kind of raise the question if the response to it wasn't positive would I change and I guys I honestly think no I probably wouldn't but anyway the obvious exception to that is Smallville because you know the analysis there and the critique is so fucking detailed that if I don't have some kind of extensive notes to work off of I'm lost you know, so except for Smallville, this is pretty much the way that I podcast, right? Just make it all up as I go along, right? Well, as I say, the dark side to that is that, you know, when you just make it all up as you go along, the risk that you take is sometimes little things will get missed. Or as it relates to yesterday's episode, sometimes huge things will get missed. So basically, to kind of stop beating around the bush here a little bit. Basically, yesterday I talked to, you know, a little bit about my five-year anniversary. I didn't want to make like a big deal out of it, but yeah, you know, technically 
August the 20th is my five-year anniversary as a podcaster, you know, so uh, whoop-de-doo. But the, uh, the, really, the rest of yesterday's episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's reality was all about uh, just, you know, little odds and ends related to Batman, right? And so, like I say, got most of that out of my system, except for one item, right? And the one item is this. Batman is, in fact, a killer, right? Um, as a general thing, you know, of course, there will be exceptions, but as a general thing, the... It, it, I think maybe the most intellectually honest way of saying it is that this man is a killer, right? Now, guys... I've often called myself a lifelong student of Superman, or a lifelong student of Batman, or whoever. You know, a bunch of, well not a bunch of different, a couple of different characters. There are a couple of different characters of whom I am a lifelong student, right? Batman is one of them. And maybe it's just the nerd gene, I don't know, but I want to understand these characters, get inside their heads, and basically just kind of analyze who they are as people, right? If nothing else, I mean, to me, that's relaxing. You know, now, some people, they get their jollies by going out to the club and uh, drinking, dancing, doing God knows what with God knows who. You know, other people, maybe their their way of unwinding is going to a heavy metal concert, you know, uh, so on and so forth, right? I'm not here to sit in judgment on any of those things. I'm just saying that my way of unwinding is holding myself up in my room, reading comics or podcasting or whatever, just basically getting quiet time for myself that I can spend doing the things that I like to do, right? That to me is relaxing, right? And so it's not just, you know, trying to turn these comic book characters that exist strictly for our for our entertainment and really for no other purpose. Turning those things into some kind of a scholastic exercise where you maybe read way too much into, again, fictional characters that exist only for our entertainment and for no other purpose. You know, this really is, for me, fun to do. Relaxing, even, one might say, right? And as you do all of this, you know, all these different character studies and whatnot, what you believe about one particular character will change from one year to the next. And I'm kind of the victim of that a little bit right now, in as much as the, the mega series that I'm working my way through over on Trennis Magnus Punch's reality is called Batman's Series Finale. And it's basically the six-part uh, mega series. It's all about the comic book storyline entitled hush which i as the name might suggest i view as batman's series finale and a listener and a podcaster in his own right actually sent in some feedback to me yesterday that dovetails with a comment that i made in one of those episodes and so i'm just gonna vamp for time a little bit as i pull it up on my iphone and just keep rambling into the microphone, pretending as though I have something of substance to say when in fact I'm just running off at the mouth. So anyway, here we go. This is an email that came in, <clears throat> as I say, yesterday, August the 22nd, 2018. This is the subject line reads, Killing the Joker. And this was sent in by my old friend, Gene Hendricks, right? 
of the Hammer Strikes podcast, right? Gene Hendricks. Oh, and also the Hammer Strikes blog. Silly me. So, uh, Gene writes, Magnus, listening to episode 266, which is part four of this Batman series finale mega series I'm making my way through. Episode 266 made me think back to the only failure, in my opinion, by Batman writer Chuck Dixon. I'm speaking, of course, of the Joker, uh, Devil's Advocate. In this story, the Joker is framed for killing people with poisoned stamps. He's arrested, tried, and found guilty since the judge on the case ruled that he was competent to stand trial. This resulted in the Joker sentenced to the electric... Actually, you know what, uh, Gene, if it's okay, I think I'm just going to go ahead and skip the first part of this email uh, for right now. I'm, I'm going to come back to it, I promise. But there is actually... Um, you go on to make a, a, a separate point at, later in the email, and I kind of want to get to that first. So I'm kind of doing this memento style. I'm going to go through it sort of backwards. So anyway, Gene goes on to say... Like you said, though, this couldn't happen, meaning the Joker being uh, allowed to uh, be ex uh, executed by the state because of uh, a crime that he was tried and found guilty of committing. Does that make sense? Basically a capital offense. It didn't happen, even though in Gene's estimation perhaps it should have. But anyway, uh, we'll circle back to that in just a minute. For right now, though, Gene writes, like you said... This couldn't happen due to the cash cow that the Joker is. Still, I would much rather that Batman not be put in a position where he has to save the Joker's life or where other characters have to act out of character to prevent justice from being truly served. Signed, Gene. P.S. Congratulations on the upcoming nuptials. All the best to you and Stacy. And then he includes links uh, to various of his endeavors, specifically the Hammer Strikes, uh, the podcast, the ham uh, which you can find, boy, did I phrase that awkwardly. The Hammer Strikes podcast, which you can find at thehammerstrikes.com. There's the Hammer Strikes blog, which you can find at thehammerstrikes.blogspot.com. Um, let's see. And the next, uh, this is uh, the Quantum Cast, which you can find at Two True Freaks, as well as Anime Freaks. And uh, he's also included a link to his Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash thehammerstrikes. And, uh, you know, guys, you need, to, you need to follow what Gene is doing because uh, it's pretty good, I must say. I mean, uh, Gene, uh, I'm not going to blow sunshine on this particular thing. I'm not a real big anime guy. If you enjoy anime, as obviously you do, hey, more power to you. I'm just saying that's not really my, my scene, man. Um, just... So you and I can be honest with each other here. So yeah, anyway, um, Gene quotes me though, and this is the main issue that I wanted to talk about, at least for right now. And Gene, like I say, I promise I'm going to get to the first part of, uh, of your email because there are some other things in there that I think are kind of interesting. But Gene says, um, and he kind of loosely quotes me, this couldn't happen, meaning the Joker being allowed to die. This couldn't happen due to the cash cow that the Joker is. And you know what, uh, Gene, from a completely realistic standpoint, yes, that um, that is probably the, the real reason, okay? And so I, I, I get the idea that you and I are pretty much coming from the same place on that. So, you know, th that's good. But one of the things that I said that I think would have uh, inspired this email from you or at least played a role in it, I don't know, um, 
my recollection of that episode is I said words to the effect of it doesn't really make sense for me that Batman isn't a that that he has this kind of in in my estimation kind of silly uh rule against uh taking life. You know, my thinking on it at the time. Again, guys, those episodes were recorded I think over two uh two years ago. So, you know, what what you're hearing right now in uh Batman series finale, that mega series, that's basically, you know, my thoughts and ideas circa the early part of uh summer twenty sixteen. All right. I'm not kidding. That's how long ago those episodes were recorded. I got the date stamps to prove it. You know, but that was kind of, you know, where where my mind was at at the time, right? It doesn't make sense to me that Batman would would have this uh this policy. And so basically this is just editorial fiddle fuckery that's going on with Batman. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And frankly, I don't buy it. Right? And uh, Gene, if I'm wrong on that, or if I'm not characterizing my own quote accurately, you know, for that I apologize. But I do, I, I do tend to think, no, that's pretty. That may not be verbatim what I said, but that that or something along those lines was probably what I was thinking at the time that I recorded those episodes. Right? This I do affirm. But going back to the whole lifelong student thing that I mentioned just a minute ago, guys. Part of being a lifelong student of anything is actually being a lifelong student. And so, you know, what ends up happening is that maybe what you think one year isn't necessarily what you think anymore the following year. You know, changes like that can happen. You know, it's perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. And so the reason I kind of wanted to make a little bit of a federal case out of Gene's email, apart from the fact that Gene's a cool guy and I like giving him a shout out anytime I can part of the reason I want to make a big deal out of it now is that I I don't want to go so far as to say I've reevaluated what I believe about Batman because guys honestly I haven't you know but there is a little bit of a nuance that I want to add into my original presentation that you know it's totally stupid that Batman wouldn't that Batman wouldn't be willing to to take human life you know uh, at the very least the joker or bane and guys like that you know they would they would definitely feel batman's wrath you know and that was that was sort of what i was thinking at the time and i do think there's a bit of validity to that but at the same time like i say what i want to do is add a tiny little bit of nuance to all of this the realization that i had was that batman is in fact a killer, you know, that's where his mind is at. I don't want to go so far as to say the guy is a natural born killer, but he is an artificially born killer. And so in a certain sense, I guess it kind of comes to the same. But the difference is, though, guys, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and, and tell you that, you know, I've got all of these different degrees and whatnot in psychology and I'm just some kind of big expert, but I do have an interest in psychology. And one of the things that I've learned just in, you know, my armchair kind of self-guided study of psychology is that people do all different kinds of things for all different kinds of reasons, right? Or they don't do all different kinds of things for all different kinds of reasons, you know, either or there are things that they do and there are things that they don't do. And there are all different kinds of reasons for that, right? This is a very real thing. 
And the, the reality of the situation is people don't always tell the truth about why they do something or why they don't do something. You know, sometimes they do. Sometimes they will be more than happy to explain to you why it is that, you know, they bought a blue car rather than a red car. You know, they will be happy to explain that to you. But then there are other times when, you know, people are going to be a little bit more eh, circumspect about explaining their actions to others, right? There are even times when they will lie outright to other people because the real reason why they did something or didn't do something or whatever. This isn't something that they think other people will understand. Does that make sense? Sometimes people will make decisions and then they will lie through their teeth about why they did it later on when asked, if challenged, right? And the realization that I've had is that, you know what? That accounts for Batman. That includes Batman, guys. Now, what Batman says when people ask him, you know, well, why don't you ever kill anybody? What he says is, well, this is the one thing that separates us from them. This is the one line that we can't cross because blah, 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 blah. And... Then as now, what I always said is, I don't buy that. But now, the reason I don't buy that has kind of changed a little bit, you know? Specifically that Batman really is a killer. But he's not telling the truth about why he doesn't take life. Now, Tim Drake does not take life because I think he he finds that to be morally repulsive. <clears throat> that makes sense to me, you know? Dick Grayson does not take life pretty much for the same reason. You know, he, to him, it's morally repulsive, and that's as far as it goes. With Batman, I, I think he says that he finds it morally repulsive. And in his case, I don't believe him. What I think is that, however literally you want to take this, but what I think is that every day... Ever since Thomas and Martha Wayne fulfilled their sole literary purpose, ever since that day, Bruce Wayne has wrestled every day with the deepest, ugliest, darkest desires that a human being can possibly experience. The temptations that run through his imagination at any given moment are always towards, I don't even know how else to put it, except evil, all right? That's what's going on in Bruce Wayne's mind, all right? Now, at some point along the way, Bruce's conscious mind became very well aware of what his subconscious mind wanted, and so basically the two sides made a pact, right? Bruce Wayne made a deal with the darkness, right? I'll give you an outlet, okay? You want to inflict pain. I will go along with you on that. But we're going to do this on my terms. The people that we're going to go after are the people who deserve it. All right? I will inflict all different manner of pain, misery, and suffering upon them. That's the first catch. The second catch is, under no circumstances will I kill these people. In those compromises, 
the spaces between Batman and the darkness, or rather, but, but the spaces between Bruce Wayne and the darkness, the spaces between them, that's Batman. All right? Batman is basically the compromise between nice, good-hearted Bruce Wayne, who really does care for other people and wants to help them, versus the darkness that he's always carrying inside him. Batman is sort of the middle step between those two things. It's basically Batman co-opting and utilizing the urges and temptations of evil to bring about, from a certain point of view, good, right? Gotham City is arguably a better place because of Bruce's actions as Batman, right? The darkness doesn't completely get what it wants. What it really wants is blood. Can't get it. What Bruce really wants is to help others. And this is a case of addition by subtraction. He's not necessarily affirmatively helping others by beating the shit out of bank robbers and stuff like that. But it's more of a trickle-down sort of a thing, you know? Now, the issue here is that whatever compromises Bruce has made in his imagination, the fact is those urges and those temptations to kill still exist inside of him. And he knows, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that if he ever crosses that line, if he ever takes human life, even if it's guilty human life, one might say, especially if it's guilty human life. Guys, it's not going to end there. It can't. Sooner or later, he's going to want more blood on his hands. And more. And more. And more. And there's not going to be any end to it. And I think Bruce fears, maybe he even knows, that the day will come when he turns all of his anger and his uh, thirst for uh, misery and suffering and all that stuff, turns that away from just the guilty, and now he points it to the innocent as well. And when that happens, he truly has fallen. That, I think, is the real reason why Batman doesn't kill. It's not that the Joker doesn't deserve it. We all know he does. But Batman knows that if he ever breaks the Joker's neck like the Joker so richly deserves, there is a degree to which, you know what, guys, the Joker's kind of right. Once Batman crosses that line, there's no going back. And it's only going to escalate from there. It's going to get worse and worse and worse until the day finally comes when Batman is the very thing that he set out to destroy. That's what he's become. And when I started thinking about it, and guys, just actually time out on that. Before I get going too far into that, I apologize in advance if that's kind of uh, sort of, you know, pleb tier, Captain Obvious talking points that everyone else kind of settled on a long time ago. But I honestly don't remember anybody else ever saying that before. I don't recall it, that ever being included in anybody else's analysis of Batman. So if I'm echoing what anybody else has said, guys, I like I say, I apologize for that in advance. But I've never heard anybody else say it, so I kind of wanted to throw it out there and just... Here we are. So, what was I saying? I don't even remember now. But, um... <sighs> The idea of that, though, is 
that actually, far from damaging uh, Batman in my eyes, that actually really does a lot to enrich the character for me. Because now this is this is a character who is truly, it, it, depending on how you look at it, I mean, this guy is walking a path of virtue, the likes of which I don't think very many people are really capable of doing. Because, you know, when you're wrestling against that manner of darkness, you would think that, you know what, everyone's going to have a bad day, at least once in a while, and maybe you make some decisions that you instantly regret, you know? But Batman has never done that. But at least in his mind, if no place else, the possibility for that always exists for him. And to me, that really does a lot to enrich the character, you know? It it, it gives the character a, a, a sort of a, a power and a weight and a pathos that I don't think really existed, at least for me, before. Now guys, look, the simple fact of the matter is, if Batman ever sits down with uh, Dick Grayson or Tim Drake or Alfred or whoever, and just levels with them, you know? Just basically explains, yeah. Look, I know that I've always told you that the reason that I don't take life is because of some kind of silly, misguided morality on my part. That's not really true. At least not the way I've presented it. You know, I actually do want to kill a bunch of motherfuckers. But, uh, yeah, my fear is that it would actually get a lot worse from there. And then sooner or later, I would just become another axe-wielding, psychopathic maniac that one of you is going to have to take down. Except, oops, <laughs> you can't because I'm better, faster, stronger, and smarter than all of you. So, uh, believe it or not, I I'm actually doing you a favor. So, really, you, you should be thanking me, if anything. You know, I don't blame Bruce Wayne for not knowing how to have that conversation with others. Not to speak of the fact that, you know, let's face it, Bruce isn't exactly Mr. Forthright on a lot of things that go on in his darkest imagination. He's not exactly upfront about a lot of that stuff, but especially when it comes to why it is that he doesn't take human life, I honestly, you know what? I don't hold it against him for maybe keeping that to himself. Or worse yet, inventing these bullshit reasons for why he doesn't do it, you know, uh, rather than just coming out with the truth. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Now, not in terms of like murder or taking life or anything like that, but I think a lot of us can, can kind of relate to the idea of, you know, I've done something and someone's going to, you know, people ask me about why I did it or didn't do it or just whatever. And the truth isn't necessarily going to work in my favor in this particular case. So I'm going to come up with a different reason for why I did that that sounds kind of plausible, honorable even. But I think I'm going to keep the real truth to myself just because I don't think other people are going to understand. I mean, I hate to say what that... I, I hate to think what that says about me, but... And again, it's not like it's about murder or hurting people or anything like that, but, you know, yeah, I can, I can actually kind of relate to that. So, uh, I don't know. Anyway... So, just wanted to throw all of that out there and uh, just see what comes back to me. Now, to get back to the beginning of uh, uh, Gene Hendrix's email, uh, he writes, let's see, uh, let's, let's just take it from the top. Listening to episode number 266 made me think back to the only failure, in my opinion, by Batman writer Chuck Dixon. I'm speaking, of course, of the Joker, Devil's Advocate. In this story, the Joker is framed for killing people with poisoned stamps. 
He's arrested, tried, and found guilty since the judge on the case ruled that he was competent to stand trial. This resulted in the Joker sentenced to the electric chair. Batman, who believes that the Joker did not commit the, uh, did not commit the crimes, finds the real killer and exonerates the Joker. This serves the law, as the correct killer is found and convicted, but I don't think it served justice. In my opinion, justice would have been served if the real killer was brought to light after the execution, meaning the execution of the Joker, had taken place. The Joker would have been executed for the crimes that he did commit, and the true killer would have served a prison sentence. And taken all together, that's actually the end of, of Gene's email. So Gene, let me just say um, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to write in. I always love feedback from you, and this, this was a good one. So uh, thank you very much. As to the other, um, Gene, I'm going to be real honest with you and say that I've never actually read Devil's Advocate before. You know, Mia Culpa, you know, I'm not exactly proud of that, but I've never actually read it before. This is something that I've, you know, it's always been on my list of future projects for as far back as I think as when the book actually first came out. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you're looking for somebody to, ouch, if you're looking for somebody to blame, I mean, we all know who's at fault here, but um, it's just one of those things I, I just haven't really gotten around to. But, you know, based on what you've said in your email, you know, I kind of have to agree with you. You know, I mean, this is one of the, like, I just outlined reasons why I think Batman wants to take human life, but he doesn't dare do it himself. Having said that, I honestly don't think that Batman would lift a finger to protect uh, the Joker from, in this case, a wrongful execution. You know, now... As you say, the specifics of what the Joker would have been executed for in Devil's Advocate, no, he was sincerely innocent of those things. But to me, justice kind of demands that he be executed anyway for the crimes that, and specifically the murders that we know he did commit. And if it came to that, I honestly don't think, you know, whether the Joker was rightfully convicted or wrongfully convicted, I kind of have trouble believing that Batman would raise too big a stink over that, you know? Yeah, he might turn the real killer over to the police, as you say, after the Joker's been executed. He would make a point of waiting. But yeah, once that that had been taken care of, yeah, then Batman would be more than happy to turn the real killer over to the cops, you know? And yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Now, as you say, or I guess as I said, or as you quoted me of saying, or, 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 or whatever. The real reason why Batman saved the Joker and, and Devil's Advocate is because, say it with me, cash cow. We all know this. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Um, it's not my business to second-guess Chuck Dixon, especially when it comes to anything to do with Batman. So I'm kind of speaking out of turn in the first place just by talking about that comic book at all. I do intend to read it at some point, and maybe that'll become an episode of the show. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But what I can say for sure is that at least as you've described it, you know, yeah, you and I pretty much agree on that. You know, that's honestly no more than the Joker deserves, you know. So, yeah, I tend to agree with you there. So anyway, so that, I think, is pretty much it for me in this episode of Trinus Magnus Jabs Reality. And with any luck at all, that'll be the last episode of this show until next week. So um, 
But until then, bye everybody. I will see you next week. So I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks podcast network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at TwoTrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonzacor of Milan, Italy.